hey, in 40 or 50 years, this podcast will feel just like home. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Stan Lon. Hey, Stan, how you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. We're back for part four of Super DuckTales. Uh, Stan, what is this episode called? The Billionaire Beagle Boys Club. All right. Was that Just you... rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? That's a long one. I don't think that's a reference to something. I, it's just a cool title. Yeah. Before we start, there are um, two addendums to last week's episode I wanted to add. Um, one thing I wanted to, I should have said, but I forgot. There was a, a line of dialogue for a mock crack shell that was not, that was changed, I should say, from the TV movie version. After she hits the remote and the gizmo suit falls apart, in the version we're all familiar with from DVD, Disney Plus, what have you, she says, um, I wish your father was here. He thought I was worthless. On the TV movie version, she says, See, Fenton, I'm not the only thing that falls apart around here. Ha! Um, do you want to maybe try to theorize why that was changed? I imagine because it sounded too harsh, but I thought you did bring that up last week. No, that was a different line. No, that one I did not mention. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that we had mentioned the character Buffy Parvenu. Yep. And where she first showed up, that was Bubba Trubba, which is still true, but the name Buffy Parvenu that I'm almost 100% positive came from the masked mallard. Ah. Um, when the masked mallard imposter robs the museum and steals her solid gold popcorn bucket. Um, that's where she got her name. Because I, ah. I can picture the character saying that. So yeah, Buffy Parvenu, the character design is from Bubba Trubba, and the name is from masked mallard. So All right. this took, takes place right in the middle there. I wanted yeah. to at least get those little bits of information out because I should have mentioned that last week. Um, so anyway, here we are with the Billionaire Beagle Boys Club. Uh, nothing's changed. Um, first aired date in TV movie form, March 26, 1989, on The Wonderful World of Disney, uh, written by Ken Coons and David Weimers, and animated over at Wang. Uh, so I don't think there's any worth, any point beating around the bush, Stan. So why don't we just jump right in and talk about where this episode starts? All right. So we start at Ma Beagle's house where Gizmo Duck is just arriving with the money bin. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course he's lamenting like, why does this suit have a mind of its own? Yeah, because they say, um, park it over there. He's like, no, I won't. I mean, yes, I am. Um, but of course, they have the Gizmo Duck remote control. So that's obviously they're in control of whatever Gizmo Duck does. Yeah. And then what happens? And then Ma starts crying because she's hit the big time, big time. Right. And big time is like, yeah, but Scrooge is going to come looking for this thing. Yep. So and they got to find a place to hide it. Yes. Uh, so then we cut to the we cut to another part of town. Uh, Duckworth's driving Scrooge and the boys all around trying to find the money bin. And yep. he says, you know, a building that size doesn't just disappear. And then we get a close look at the background. And what do we see? 
we see a donut factory that looks uh, suspiciously like a money bin. Yeah, you you just vaguely see the dollar sign behind the donut. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. How could he not have spotted that thing? <laughs> like, how did they even get the money bin into the middle of the city and then decorate I, it like that and nobody noticed? I have no idea. Well, you know, it's the original DuckTales for you. What are you going to do? Yep. So the Beagles are unloading all the money, um, and Berger's having a hissy fit because he thought they were going to disguise it as a real donut factory. So he starts whining and crying. And then Ma Beagle says, you know, Mom will pick you up some donuts, but she's going to go shopping. What does she plan to buy? Everything she's always wanted. And then we get a fun sequence of a Ma Beagle shopping spree. Yep. What's her first stop? A jewelry store where she has to tell the people that it's not a stick-up, that she's actually there to buy stuff. Well, she's literally like, with her whole arm, dumping jewels into the shopping cart. So it looks like a robbery. Yeah. And she asks the, the clerk, you know, do you gift wrap? And when the clerk nods her head, she goes, good, wrap a ribbon around this place. I'm buying the whole store. And she just opens her carpet bag and just dumps all the money on the counter. Yeah. So what happens in the next scene? Where does she go? Then she goes to an art museum where the Venus dog Milo is on display. And she wants to buy it. Yep, and for anyone wondering, the Venus Dog Milo is, of course, a reference to the Venus de Milo, which is a famous statue. And if you guys don't know that, come on, go visit a museum once in a while. Or watch (laughs) a Homer Badman episode of The Simpsons. Precious Venus. (sighs) Someone had to take the babysitter home, but I noticed she was sitting on her sweet can. (laughs) So I grabbed her sweet can. (laughs) Simpsons is my true passion, but I don't let that drop very often, do I? Um, nope. So she offers, did you catch how much money she offers for the statue? 400,000 smackaroos. There is no way that statue's worth that small of a price. Probably not, but I love the, the art museum lady's uh, comment. Do you want that with or without arms? And then our final shot, she goes into a um, salon and she says, make me look like a make me look like a million bucks. I'm rich. And I don't know if you noticed in the background, her car is parked outside with the statue roped to the hood. I did not notice that. Good catch. (laughs) And she's driving. It's a pink car. She's driving Gandra D's Thunder Duck. Yep. It's good. It's got the statue roped to the hood. Um, but she may be rich, but somebody else is dirt poor. Yeah, Scrooge. And the bank is about to foreclose his mansion. Which kind of stinks for him because he that is his bank. He made those rules. But his yep. rules say there's no exception, so he has to sell the mansion. You'd think he'd yep. have a few million like just laying around somewhere? You'd think so, but apparently not. Because um, I'm thinking back to like the um, the immediate uh, story arc before this one, uh, Time is Money, where Scrooge goes to jail for um, being an imposter, and the Beagle Boys have taken over the bin. But he owes Glomgold $10 million to pay for a diamond mine that he bought. And he has the kids look all over in the couch cushions in the mansion, and they come up with a few million. 
Yeah. So, so absolutely, Scrooge is. I don't believe for a second every cent Scrooge own is t- is tied up in that money bin. No, though you did say it was the Ark right before this. Maybe they cleaned out the couch cushions and there was nothing left to find. That's true. And this mansion is. Did you catch the price on the mansion on the for sale sign? I did, but I, I think is that 150 million or billion? I think it's a million. It. I counted six zeros. Well, seven if you count well, the one. Well, seven. Yeah, that's what I meant. And just as the one of the nephews says, "Who has the money to buy this big old place anyway?" A real estate agent pulls up. Yeah, from Cold Nose Banker Realty. And who steps out of the car? Mob Eagle. Mm-hmm. And Mob Eagle's like, "This place is a steal. I'll buy it." But Scrooge, Scrooge obviously suspects something is up. Yeah. Uh, but he's of course, like, did... claim. Go yep. ahead. No, he says, "Where did you get the money to buy a mansion?" Well, she she claims she made it by recycling aluminum cans. And then he's like, "You know, you're up to something. I'm going to find out what." Um, what follows is the longest sequence that was cut out of the TV movie version. Um, so it's the it's the part of this whole story arc that I'm least familiar with, but I've seen it enough times that I can get by. Um, Ma Beagle says, you know, if you're not nice, I won't invite you to the party. And it turns out everybody in town is invited to this giant party except Scrooge and his family. Yeah, and speaking of family, the... yeah. Speaking of family, Stan, who do we see? For the first and I believe only time in the five episodes, we see Webby Vanderquack. Does she talk? No. No, she could have. It's just Rissy Taylor, but she's just there in a few shots, but she doesn't say anything. Uh, what were you saying about the party? I was going to say that Duckbird Duck Chronicle is hailing it as the party of the year. So Scrooge decides to make like Launchpad and crash the party because he yep. knows Mob Beagle has his money. And he knows it's his money because he has memorized every serial number on every bill he's ever earned. Which Talk is a, about a photographic memory. It's a very Scrooge kind of thing to say. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about uh, this next sequence, Dan. So we have a lot of different guests, and many of them are from uh, previous episodes. You know, they, the mayor they dug, of deep, in, they dug deep into the character model sheets for this. Yeah, so the mayor of Duckburg is Duckburg is there. Uh, Buffy Parvenu is there, who we saw last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gloria Snootley is there. I believe she's from Statue Seekers. Status Seekers, yeah. Uh, Lord, I, I, uh, I believe I believe in that episode. She's part of this part of a group called the Association of Status Seekers. Spell out the acronym, Stan. A S S. Forget the O. A S S. And that's an intentional Ooh. joke. The Association yeah. of Status Seekers. Who else is there? Uh, Lord Bat Mountain, who is He's president from... of the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I oh, was going to he... say he was president of the Duckburg Explorers Club. And that's from um, 
Uh, what episode is that? The Lost Crown of Genghis Khan. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? Uh, Pierre Laoink, who's from Duckman of Aquatraz. Right. It's funny. We already mentioned that one last week. Yeah. Uh, Robin Lurch is there from Down and Out in Duckburg. Yes, I remember that one, too. Yeah, that's another one where Scrooge loses all his money. And then we got a trio of other folks from the Lost Crown of Genghis Khan. Right. Uh, Percival, the socialite with the monocle, and Sir Guy Stanforth. All three of them are from Lost Crown of Genghis Khan. Right. And um, I think a lot of these characters end up being reused in the DuckTales movie as uh, background characters when Scrooge goes to the party and reveals he's, well, tends to reveal he's found Kali Baba's treasure. A lot of these characters are reused there too. Yeah. Um, so what and do these people are, think of... Mm, go ahead. I, I was going to say, there are a couple others at the party, but they'll show up as we get farther along. Right. And what do these people think of Mob Eagle? Uh, they're not very impressed. No. Meanwhile, though, Scrooge is trying to break in. He comes up with two disguises. They don't they don't really go very well for him. What's the first well, one? There's, well, there's a bit we got to talk about before we get there. What's that? Well, we got the Beagles in their suits. Ma's dressed up, you know, nice. And they're all worried because, you know, you know, even though uh, I think it's uh, Bouncer says that Ma's been in most of their homes before. Right. And what does she say? Yeah, just to swipe silverware. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and boy, we, is she dolled up. She's wearing like a crazy amount of jewels. Yeah, and a seafoam green dress. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that John D. Rockefeller's at the party, and apparently the invitation said show up or else. What do you think she meant by show up or else? <laughs> I'm not sure, but now we get to the party crasher. Yeah, so Scrooge comes in dressed in an oversized fireman's outfit, claiming to be the fire marshal. But he makes one big mistake, doesn't he? Yeah, he runs into a guy who stops him and is like, what are you doing? And he says, you know, I'm the fire marshal. I'm checking out the building. And the man's like, well, I'm the fire marshal. And uh, yep. yeah, so Bouncer kicks Scrooge out of the mansion. And then what yeah. is his second disguise? Well, his second disguise comes after a couple more scenes with Ma. All right, go for it. Again, like I said, I am not too familiar with this sequence. That's a good thing about taking notes. Mm-hmm. I, so, I knew you were good to go, though, on that. Yep, so Ma's offering petty fours to pedigree. I'm not sure where she's shown up before. She might be new. I don't recognize her. Yeah, apparently the Paddy 4 has a pistol uh, hidden inside it. Oh, a pistol. <laughs> the you show know, is they ask the liberal the use of guns on this show. Sometimes can get yeah. kind of shocking. And they're they're wanting to know if she can play bridge next week because they need a dummy. Oh, and she does not take that well. No. Check out the but, rock on that woman, though. Yeah. You're pushing it in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> but now we get to Scrooge's uh, second attempt. And it's Bouncer again. Bouncer's like in this whole sequence a lot. Um, yeah, he's like, a baby was dropped on our doorstep. And obviously it's Scrooge. 
He's yeah. even wearing his uh, spectacles. Uh, he has a baby bib on, and he looks all cute. And you know, and as you know, Ma Beagle's holding the little bassinet. He steals a, some money from her pocket, and Bouncer goes, "That baby picked your pocket." Ah, <laughs> he'll fit right in with the family. Then she notices this baby's wearing spats. <laughs> now, you may have to help me here. What are spats? Those are those things that Scrooge wears on his feet. Ah, I just thought they were sandals. No, they're they're actually you know a piece of uh, clothing called spats. It's it's a thing. You put it you put them over your shoes. Ah, they're like kind of covers for your shoes. I don't know. I'm not rich. I've never worn them. But it's definitely a Scrooge thing. You wear spats. Yeah. So yeah, Bouncer kicks him out again. Yeah. And presumably after taking the dollars he picked out of Mob Eagle's pocket. Right, of course, of course. Okay, so what happens in our next scene? So then we get uh you know, the the guests are talking, they're saying that the Beagles may have money, but they have the manners of terrorists, and they'll never be one of them. And they decide to March to tell her this. Mm-hmm. They are brave. They are extremely brave. And um, <laughs> they want to say a... what they say to them, or should I? You go ahead, because I know the basics, but you you probably have notes on it. Go for it. Society has its crown jewels, but compared to us, your and then Ma Beagle's like diamonds and. Di- no, yeah. Mar- Ma Beagle says diamonds in the rough, which is oh, like... Oh, yeah, diamonds in the rough. And you're and I remember that because that's what, you know, that's what Aladdin was. Right. And then they say, no, compared to us, your block's a coal. And that's when Ma Beagle really gets pissed. Oh, yeah. The and, dinner bell rings and, you know, she pretty much, you know, tells off a few different people. Okay, I wanted to answer your question from last week. You mentioned um, the the weapon that you we couldn't quite name. Oh yeah, the mob beagle has it in her hand in this scene. It's called a blackjack. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I saw her, I'm like, okay, that's a blackjack, and that's what Stan was talking about. Yeah. Okay, so she threatens a whole bunch of people. Oh yeah, she tells the mayor that you know buying a collection comes after eggs and butter. Buying an election, yeah. Uh, Buying the next election, yeah. Yep, and then tells Rockefeller that if he doesn't, you know, cozy up, he'll find out what a hostile takeover really is. And then uh, tells Pedigree that she may have gone to finishing school, but she'll be finished if they don't let her into their social circle. I think this is Mob Beagle's best scene in the entire story arc, because she's like, she is not taking crap from anybody. Yeah. Like, she's serious. She's threatening people. She's got that blackjack. You know she's packing heat somewhere. Yeah. And it completely explains how she's able to get away with what she's going to do later. Yep. Which, and that's, I guess they have to cut something. But losing this scene in the TV movie version takes away her power. You don't understand later how she gets away with what she does without this scene. But it's a great scene. Um, so we wrap up the scene back outside where Scrooge is like, um, Ma Beagle's got everyone eating out of the palm of her hand. Let's go home. And then Duckworth and says a minor, you know, minor point. 
we don't have a home. Yep. So who do they crash with? Unintended. Pad unlimited. This is where the TV movies version picks back up. Picks back up at Launchpad's house. Yep. So everybody's camped out at Launchpad's. Yep. Yep. LP tells them to crash there that he does it all the time. And Scrooge is very thankful. He says, uh, you have a heart as big as my money bin. And he makes himself cry. Yep. And then what does Launchpad say? Uh, 40 or 50 years in this hammock will feel like home. Which makes Scrooge cry even more. Yeah. Um, so we see the nephews under a blanket. They're all wearing like green, green sweaters and green hats. Very commando. And you can't tell who's is who. Not that it matters. Um, and they said, you know, we've never seen Uncle Scrooge so sad before. We have to get the money bin back. We have to sneak into the mansion and get proof. And that's where Act 1 ends. Yep. Okay. So Act 2 takes place at the mansion. Just about all of it. Um, This, a lot of this was cut out of the TV movie version. The entire running gag that starts here is completely gone. So the version I'm most familiar with does not have this running gag. What is this joke? Well, because they're all dressed the same in those green outfits, they can't tell each other apart. Yep, and they're like, I'm Dewey, you're Louie, he's Huey. Jokes like that. Yeah. They can't tell each other apart. They they go into the mansion, and all these scenes were gone. Uh, the scene of them sneaking into their bedroom and finding the yep. Beagle Boys uh, sleeping in their bunk beds, which that includes... good for those beds. No, and some of the Beagle Boys in the bunk beds include uh, Bank Job Beagle and Bugle Beagle, who don't otherwise appear in, season, in these later seasons. Um, and when Bank Job wakes up, the kids disguise themselves as stuffed animals, very right. much like E.T. And that's another one that was cut. Yeah, yeah, that whole this whole bit is gone. Um, and it's like as they're going up the stairs and they split up and they're like, you know, I'll go that way with Huey. He's like, no, I'm Huey. You're they did they do it again. Yeah. And OK, so now whichever nephew goes off by himself. Yeah, we're just the... going to refer to them as nephews until this scene is over, because even we can't tell them apart. Yeah, if they can't tell themselves apart, we can't either. Uh, whichever nephew goes off by himself goes into the garage, I believe. And what does he see? Um, looking, uh, I actually, actually before he goes sleep. to the garage, he goes in the kitchen. Yeah. And what does he and, see in the kitchen? Well, you know who's raiding the fridge. Ah, the hungriest beagle of them all. Yep, burger. Yep, Burger found a Huckleberry hand grenade cheesecake in the fridge. And th- the first bite, he pulls the grenade out of his mouth and throws it. It explodes. The rest of the cake, he eats, grenade and all. Yep. So this this guy has a iron stomach. Well, his shenanigans seem to have woken someone else. Yeah, who Ma comes Beagle in and walks catches in. Him. Yeah, she's like, that was for your brother in San Quentin. Yep. And she kicks him out of the kitchen. She kicks him right in the butt. And I don't know. I feel like there should have been a gag where one of the uh, the grenades he ate goes off inside of him or something like that. <laughs> I mean, she kicks him right in the butt. He just ate hand grenades. Uh, come on, guys. How did you miss the joke? Well, I think if she had kicked him in the stomach, it 
would have made more sense because if he just ate them, they probably were just getting to his stomach. That's true. So the nephew then goes into the garage. And now what does he see? He sees Megabyte uh, using the Gizmo Duck remote control to to make Gizmo Duck wheel cash out of a truck in a wheelbarrow. Right. And so the nephew grabs a handful of money and unfortunately yep. Megabyte spots him. Yeah. Uh, Megabyte chases him back into the mansion. We get another scene that completes the running gag and is not in the TV movie version yeah. where he's like, Dewey, we are. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He goes, Dewey, Huey, run. And they're like, no, for the last time I'm Dewey, you're Huey, he's Louie. And they're like, whoever we are, let's run. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Bouncer, I think, tries to stop him, or is a that... Of, uh... Again, it's Bouncer. A lot of Bouncer in this episode. Okay, I, I'm glad I was right about that. That was more of a guess on who it was. Well, Megabyte even says, he goes, stop them, Bouncer. So at, yeah. least he, at least the name is there. Yep, but the nephews, I guess, uh, they use... I think they called it an elevator. I thought it was more of a dumbwaiter. Yeah, it's a dumb waiter. They've just configured it into uh, the Nephew's Emergency Escape Elevator. There are other episodes where they use this thing. I can't think of uh, I can't think of what their titles are, but this thing does come back. Unfortunately, this time it leads them straight to Ma Beagle. Yup. And uh, she notices they have the money. She chases them. They escape on a serving cart full of cake. Uh, Burger yeah. sees it, chases after them too. And they they crash into the wall and fly out the window, and they get away. Yep. Thieves like them make life hard for thieves like us. And yeah, Burger's licking the icing off the curtains, because that guy just yep. won't stop eating. So the kids bring the money to Scrooge. And did you take down the name of his door-to-door -door butcher company? You know I did. What does he call it? Uh, Spamway. Yeah, like Amway, it's Spamway. Can, can you picture how a door-to-door -door butcher company actually works? No, not really. And in a world with anthropomorphic pigs, what exactly are you butchering? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a little, uh, hmm. You don't want to think too hard about that. No. So Scrooge is excited. He's like, I can't wait to see the look on Ma Beagle's face when the police haul her away. Um, so the next, the next day, Scrooge and the chief of police go to the mansion. Who answers the door? Burger. And he immediately throws his hands up in surrender when he sees the chief of police. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, we, we're here to see Mrs. Beagle. So he relaxes. He tells yep. him she's out back playing bridge and he's yep. eating a sub sandwich. So Burger is just nonstop here. But Scrooge has a very stacked refrigerator, so Burger's probably put a dent in all of that already. Probably. So, what's the visual so Ma's, pun? I was going to say, Ma's not just playing bridge. She's playing bridge on London Bridge. Which, yeah, uh, there's a whole bridge. she has bought. Yeah, and she's forcing the society women to play hopscotch at gunpoint. And she says, I don't think you're having fun, dummies. And she fires the gun at them. Probably they wanted her to be the dummy for Bridge, and she took it the wrong way. So her version of Bridge is playing hopscotch on a bridge. Yeah. 
So whatever, sure. Okay, Mob Eagle. Um, so the chief and Scrooge show up. Scrooge, you know, accuses her of stealing his money. Uh, and then what does Mob Eagle do? Well, uh, I believe uh, first, you know, after Scrooge mentions that his nephew's got the money, you know, she's like, oh, Scrooge, I knew you were in trouble. I would have given you money. You didn't have to steal from me. You know, and then she also reminds the chief that one word from her to the mayor and he can be writing speeding tickets to penguins in Antarctica. And that's it. And the chief, you know, thinks about it for a second and then drags Scrooge away. Scrooge, you're under arrest for trespassing, theft, and interrupting a bridge game. And the last shot of the act break of Scrooge, like, crying, like, she's a thief, I tell ya. And the look on her face, she's, she's, oof, she got him. Yep. So we start act three with the nephews and Miss Beakley, who factors into this act quite a bit trying to get Scrooge out of jail with the money in their piggy banks. And funny enough, they they have money in a piggy bank, and the guy they're trying to give the money to is also a pig. Yeah, I caught that. I'm, I thought about how uh, that might look, but I'm guessing they just don't think about it. No. I mean, but do we have pig, do we have banks shaped like people? I mean, it's... it's Honestly, a, Yes. We do, don't yeah, so we? So I guess did. it isn't the worst thing. Uh, but <laughs> I the mean, ba- I know I've got a Darth Vader bank. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, so he says the bail is $10,000, so that's not going to happen. And yeah. Miss Be- Mrs. Beakley reassures them, you know, they'll let him go when they hear his side of the story, the judge and jury. And the guy's like, don't be too sure, lady. Here comes the judge and jury now. And who are the judge and jury? They're all beagles. Apparently, they're the only ones who volunteered for jury duty. Nice guys, those beagles, he says. The only guys in town would volunteer for jury duty. You see a whole bunch of them walk in, a couple of them dressed as judges. You only need one judge, but there's two of them. Uh, One of them is Bugle Beagle. The other one is some generic beagle. I don't think it's Bouncer. Um, So it seems pretty hopeless until... I was going to say, the one at the end, though, I recognize. I think, wasn't he the guy playing the movie director in uh, Hero for Hire? Where, that would have been Lodge? bank That would have been bank job, but I don't think that's bank job, because when they walk in, it's big-time baggy, burger, bouncer, then bugle, and then somebody else. Who looks like bouncer, but bouncer already walked in. I know these right. Beagle Boys like the back of my hand. This is like a completely generic one that walks in. But he does look at he looks at the he looks at the viewer and then like tips his hat like haha, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. So that 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 didn't work out, but one of the nephews gets an idea. Yeah. An idea that if it works for Ma Beagle, it could work for them. Yes, so Mrs. Beakley is taking a Huckleberry hand grenade cheesecake into the jail in hopes of springing Scrooge. And I I do love this scene. I think for pure comedy, it's my favorite scene in the episode. She is trying so hard to get him to take the cake, but she's being watched by a prison guard, so she can't tell him what's in it. But he hasn't played this game before. He just doesn't want the cake. Right. Uh, he's like, I'm in but no I mood for sweets. It especially for you. 
it has like, a special ingredient. He's like, but he's like, but I really don't. And then she goes, I said, take the cake, McDuck. <laughs> and the close-up of her face as she's screaming at him is great. Yeah. Um, so he pulls it back and he's like, oh, I better, I better take it. The look on his face. He puts his finger in it and pulls out a grenade pin. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out. So Beakley no. grabs the cake, tosses it aside. There's an explosion. And then what do the nephews see? That now she's in prison too. And boy, oh boy, did they uh, did they work fast. They got her in a prison uniform already and everything. And she goes, our plan sort of blew up. That's an <laughs> understatement. Yeah. So now Scrooge and Beakley are in jail. Um so we're back at Launchpads. The kids are trying to figure out what to do next. And Launchpad's being all funny. He's on, he's he's being Launchpad. He's sitting on the floor playing with a toy gizmo duck, RC toy. Um, and one of the nephews says, you know, it's too bad Gizmo Duck can't help us. He'd break through those prison walls and nothing can stop him. Yeah. And what and what does Launchpad do? I think he uses the he says like this and drives the little toy gizmo duck into the wall but it, you know it bounces off the wall and falls over and launchpad's like whoops sorry and they and they realize no you just gave me a great idea launchpad and they run past him and grab the remote he's holding and his I last love line, his line hey could someone Somebody... give me an idea what that great idea was yeah um, that's all we're gonna get from launchpad in this episode he's gonna he's gonna have a bigger role the next time um, but I'm glad they put him in because I love me some LP. Yep. Okay, so our next scene is set in the backyard of the mansion by the pool. We don't normally see this part of the mansion. Um, take us through this next scene. Well, we got the beagles all relaxing there, and uh, Megabyte uses Gizmo Duck to refill Ma's lemonade. He looks miserable. Oh, yeah. But luckily for him, Louie steals the Gizmo Duck remote and replaces it with the uh, toy Gizmo Duck remote. You remembered which nephew did that. Good for you. <laughs> well, it helps that they're back in their normal clothes again. I can't even remember, even when they are wearing colors. Um, uh, I always I always go based on remembering what the 2017 DuckTales ones were. Oh, of course. But like, yeah, remember when I think of it that way, then I'm like... Okay, so this one's this one, this one's that one. Well, I know which colors are which, but when you think back to the episode, I don't remember which one specifically is doing which thing. I know red is Huey, blue is Dewey, and green is Louie. I've always known that. But, like, can I tell you who's doing what in this episode? No, because it's just, like, it doesn't even matter, you know? Um, yeah. I, I love this this version of the Nephews. I understand why people love the newer ones. I totally get it. But I love these guys, too, you know? How could you yeah. not love the original nephews, you know? Yeah. So what what happens? What do they do? Oh, what so, does Louie do? <laughs> he uses the remote to make Gizmo Duck throw the lemonade on Ma. Mm -hmm. And then push her into the pool. Yep. And you see for a moment when they gain control of him and they make him stand upright, he smiles because he kind of has an, he kind of, he has a feeling that yep. something something's changed. He smiles for a moment. Um, but the kids tell him they want him to get Scrooge out of jail. But you know what? Fenton is wallowing in way too much self-pity. 
He goes, I'm yeah. a fiend, a blemish on society, a scar on the cheek of mankind. And they're like, okay, we have to do this our way. Um, so they have him, they have him pick them up and drive away. And then Mob Beagle's like, they're after my retirement fund. Stop the Megabyte. My other favorite joke in this episode. What happens when Megabyte grabs the remote control? It causes the little tiny toy gizmo duck to go by him. And he says, what did he do? Shrink in the wash? Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of Megabyte. We're not going to see him again at all in the series. He served his purpose. He's done. Um, yeah. So they arrive at the prison for a second. Gizmoduck thinks they're going to put him in there. Yeah. I know it's been horrible things, but don't put me in there. Um, so they have him charged into, into, the, into the prison. They call it yeah. Operation Launchpad. Yeah. Um, he bursts into Scrooge's cell. Scrooge does not want to get saved. And Gizmoduck says, someone's making me savior next, sir. Um, he does grab Scrooge. Um, and Mrs. Beakley has to hang on to his tire as he tries to fly over the prison wall. Yeah. She, she just avoids getting her butt shredded by the barbed wire. Yep. And, you know, she weighs him down because, ha, 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 Mrs. Beakley's overweight. I, I hate that's what she became on the show because her, her, her first big episode in Treasure of the Golden Suns, she proves herself totally capable of saving everybody. But by this yeah. point in the show, she's just a fat joke, and it's such a shame. It is, but I will say the other joke about it that's coming up does it's make worse. Laugh. Oh, it's worse, but it does. It's it's funny, but it, I think it is worse. Um, there's a joke in a later episode where Scrooge says, um, you'd have better luck wrestling Mrs. Beakley from a starving cannibal. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. No, in I'm a later about- episode. I'm talking about okay. jokes. Jokes like that are pretty common for her now. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, they tell Scrooge, you know, Gizmoduck was under control of the Beagle Boys. And well, tear my totten. Yeah, he's like, uh, Gizmoduck's like, do you still want me to be your security guard? Scrooge is like, but without my money bin, I have no need of one. You might as well work with the Beagle Boys. And Gizmoduck goes, I've already done that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and he goes, I, I didn't know where they've hid your money bin. I'll get it back for you, or my name isn't Fenton. I mean, Gizmoduck. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yep, dude. Get almost. Your, get yourself straight. Yeah. Okay, so here comes our big climax. Um, yep. Which starts how? Well, the Beagles arrive at the disguised money bin in Scrooge's limo. Mm-hmm. And then they crush the limo with the money bin. Can we get an F in chat for Scrooge's limo? I know. Uh, rest in peace, Scrooge's limo. I'm sure he has plenty I, more, but... <laughs> yeah. But it's always it's always crazy when you see an iconic piece of show anything, whether it be a house or a, or a vehicle, get destroyed. Yeah, like kind of like, like the DeLorean at the end of Back to the Future 3. Or like the the house in the Simpsons movie when the sinkhole sucks it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and they and they focus on it for a moment. They show it in close up, getting run over by the tractor. Like they dwell on it. Uh, yeah. So Ma Beagle is taking this money bin on a trip downtown. Yeah. And and Gizmoduck heads after it, but Scrooge and nephews and Beakley have to get there too. So how do they go? A taxi bike with a sidecar. They tell him to follow that building. 
Yes. They and it's they all pile onto the little bike. Mrs. Beakley on the handlebars. Do you want to just do the joke with Beakley now? Uh, in just a moment, because there's oh, two things that happened before that. Go for it. You can go. You can that hit gi- those. That Gizmo Duck is trying to slow the bin down, but he can't really uh, gain enough traction or strength to stop it. No, of and course we not. Get, and then we also get a reference to Superman. Actually, that's actually part of the joke, where the taxi driver says even Superman couldn't see through this, and then Beakley just turns around and gives him such an angry look. At least she gives. At least she gives him a look. Oh yeah. But that's the other joke I'm talking about, which is again, you know, ha ha ha, Mrs. Beakley's fat, which is just like, come on, lay off her. She's a good woman. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of those characters that I'm so happy they changed like drastically. For DuckTales 2017. Like, she just became such a better character. Yeah. I don't love every change on the new show. As much as I love the show, there were some things I didn't love in terms of what they changed. But Beakley, I was totally cool with. Um, yeah. So, the um, so the money bin's flying through town. It goes through the park. Uh, people up the run yeah. out of the way. Do you think it's Fenton who screams "Runaway skyscraper," or is it just somebody else voiced by Hamilton Camp? I just thought it was a random person. But it's still Camp, and it's still Fenton's voice. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that, but I think it probably is a random person. So Gizmonuck stretches his arms, pulls the Beagle Boys off the tractor, and then leaps on and tries to wrestle the controls away from Ma Beagle. Yep. And can I say the music they're playing here? is really great. Like, this whole sequence, just the music is very dramatic. It builds and builds. Really great stuff. Yeah. And the money bin's plowing through town. It's driving over to the pier. Gizmoduck sees the water, and he's like, this is my stop, and he leaves. And then what happens to the money bin? Well, Ma then sees what's going to happen. She jumps off. Right. And the bin flies off the pier and goes into... The bay? Is that a bay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Duckburg Bay. Yeah. And, and the, uh, unfortunately, Gizmo Duck can't really go in after it, because as he says, when it comes to water, he's more Gizmo than Duck. Well, he must have upgraded his suit, because in the Darkwing Duck episode, Up, Up, and Awry, without any problems at all, he dives into Audubon Bay and saves Darkwing from some hungry sharks. So... Yeah. I mean, I don't expect the writer of that episode to know what happens in this one. But right. still, clearly, if you want to treat it as canon, he got some suit upgrades. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm assuming that as well, because remember, this these five parts are his origin story. So it stands to reason that his suit would get upgraded after. Also, um, sp- spoilers, if, I, if someone has not seen the episode Attack of the Metal Mites, the original suit gets eaten by bugs. Gyro ends All up right. having to make him a second one. Ah. So it's possible he added um, being water resistant to the new suit. Yeah. H- have you seen that one? No. Oh, yeah. There's the metal eating bugs that Flinhart Glomgold sends after Scrooge's money. And Gizmoduck sucks them up with a vacuum cleaner and they eat the suit from the inside out. Yeah. And he stops the bugs later by screaming blathering blathersky and all the gizmoduck metal in the bug's tummy attracts him to Fenton and you see the shape of the gizmo suit, but it's all bugs. Ew. 
And it's a, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it was the last Gizmoduck episode written. I think it was. Um, but yeah, the suit gets eaten up, and I think everybody finds out who his secret identity is because he does that in front of everybody. Um, anyway, so yeah, he says he's more Gizmo than, than Duck in the Water, but Scrooge is not bothered by it. He's like, we'll just get a boat, we'll fish her out. And an old sailor shows up. The, yeah, Grizzled Pelican has some bad news for him. When it comes to sunken treasure, it's finders, keepers. Yep. Um, okay, so that's the end of this episode. I like part five just fine, but I'm going to be honest with you. This is where the story should have stopped. Um, I know we have some character arc stuff to deal with still. We do, because there's a few things that haven't been wrapped up yet. There's some plot holes. But in right. terms of the money bin in the Beagle Boy story, that's that that could be over at this point. Yeah. But we'll have another 22 minutes to go. Um, I like the last 22 minutes. I really do. But I think the story is stronger without it. I think this, I wouldn't say it's the best part. But we're going to start with my rating. I'm going to give it a five. So I'm going to give it 50 cents. All right. I really like all the Mob Beagle stuff. She shows just what a strong villain she actually is. And she's going to get a couple more turns in the series to really be this strong villain again. Um, we don't get much gizmo duck, but it's nice to get back to Scrooge and the nephews a bit. This, yeah. this episode feels more DuckTales than any other episode of the show, of this story arc. Um, nice to have Launchpad and the chase after the money bin flying down the street is really cool. So uh, straight out giving it 50 cents. How about you? So I'm also giving it a five. Okay. Why is that? I believe this is my first five for this five part episode series. I think so. And for pretty much the same reasons you did, that the party was an amazing sequence, really sets up Mob Eagle, you know, as, you know, having all the power, you know, showing how she'll be able to control things. It's nice to see Gizmoduck get back into the story. You know, the whole prison sequence is fun. Launch pad is awesome. You know, and it, it does feel like things really should have ended here. Like, yeah. But I think everything in this episode more or less works, you know, at least as long as you're watching like the full version. If you're watching the part where they edit out the party and the nephew name jokes, I don't think that works as well. Yeah. Without that, this episode becomes a lot weaker. Yeah. Because without it, the episode feels like it's biding its time until Gizmoduck comes back. But add the running gag and the party sequence in it really makes it stronger. You don't miss Gizmoduck because you're enjoying the other stuff. Without right. it, you just want him to come back. Yep. All right, so we both gave it 50 cents. We just gave it yep. a whole dollar. Exactly. And we do have villains to rate this time. Y yes, let's... The Beagle Boys do not really factor into part five, so we should rate them, I guess, as a group, right? As a group, and I think we should probably rate Megabyte on his own since he was introduced in this and the last episode. Okay, let's rate him first, then. All right. I would give Megabyte a solid four. 
Okay. I think he works really well, you know, as being a much more intelligent Beagle. You know, he he's really, you know, the savior of the Beagles when it comes to, you know, stopping Gizmo Duck and getting the bin. Like, without his expertise, their entire thing falls apart. Right. They wouldn't have stopped Gizmo Duck and you got know, I the like, bin without him. I like the, the stuff they do with, you know, he talks and in you know phrases that are hard to understand then they're like say it in beagle yeah and i think his voice act (laughs) yeah and i think his voice actor did a very good job yeah frank welker yeah yeah i i think i'll give him a four just like you um because i think it's the kind of beagle boy we haven't gotten in the show like a really smart one you'd think we would have gotten more of that um, yeah. And he's essential to this part of the story because, you, like you said, without him, there is no story. Right. Um, the design is funny with the math equation on his, you know, prison numbers and the mortarboard on his head. And the fact that he talks fast and has to say it in Beagle talk is funny, too. And again, Frank Welker does a pretty good job with him. I've always loved the line, what did he do? Shrink in the wash? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it, that's funny, too. Um, but how about the Beagles as a collective group? As a collective group, I think I would give them all a four and a half. Okay. You what know, do you think of these guys? I think they're a legitimate threat when they've got their stuff together. Uh, they are sometimes defined by their weakest link, which nine times out of ten appears to be Burger. It's always Burger. At this, <laughs> at this point in the show, the Beagle Boys do not show up without Burger. Like, he is the main... Even though Big Time is the leader... He is the main beagle. Like, you're going to see him the most going forward. They love Burger Beagle. Yeah. But I think if they left him behind, they'd be a little more successful, but then they wouldn't be the beagles we know and love either. Well, so. They'd have to leave Baggy behind, too, because he's not very helpful. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, not really I, in I, this I, one, is he? We didn't really see him. Not particularly. He's going to show uh, up. A, they... I, like Burger, they fell in love with Baggy at some point. And in later episodes, like he pretty much replaces Bouncer. You don't see Bouncer a lot, but Baggy is just over and over. He shows up constantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think Ma Beagle is a very imposing uh, Beagle when, when she wants to be. I think she was a great addition to the show. Yeah. She ties it together and, like, she turns them from a nuisance to a legitimate threat. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, some of her motherly affection shines through at times. Like, yes, she's a hardened criminal, but she does love her boys. So do you like this version of Ma Beagle or do you like Margot Martindale's Ma Beagle from 2017? I think I like this version better. I do, too. I mean, in general, I like these beagles better. I think they kind of neutered them a bit on DuckTales. You know, they changed Burger completely, and I don't think— And they never once went after the money bin. Like, Frank and Gonis said they wanted to try to do that, but they never really got around to it. And in season three, they completely downplayed them. Like, completely. There's a whole story about Scrooge having the deed to Duckburg that you took from them, and it never really gets settled. Like, that story story does not go anywhere. Didn't didn't the Beagles only appear twice in season three? Like, the the 
you know, court thing the second to last episode, and then I think weren't they locked up in like one of uh, Steelbeak's things? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really have anything to do in season three. They they barely appear. Um, I just love these versions. What did you give them? Four and a half? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going straight five because I love these idiots. I think they're just great. I love the designs. I just I I know it's very fashionable to dump on these Beagle Boys because they're not the Carl Barks ones, but I just like them. I like Burger and Big Time, and I I think Baggy's hilarious when they use them later in the series. And Ma Beagle's just great. Um, Stan, if you want to see another like Beagle Boy focused episode with Ma Beagle in it. Have you seen the Bride War Stripes? I don't think so. Ma Beagle overhears Scrooge saying he never got married because if he got divorced, his wife would take half his money. She tricks the courts into believing she's married to him and then keeps threatening Scrooge with divorce. And Scrooge <laughs> is stuck with her. And yeah. he ends up having to live with her and the Beagle Boys. And he has to put like a brave face on it. And then he eventually is like, you know what? If she's going to be my wife, I'm going to treat her like my wife. And then he yeah. starts like calling her nice names and making her do chores. And then she's like, well, if he's going he's gonna to do that, I'm going to step up. And she becomes like a model wife until he's like, okay, that's not working. What do I do? And I'm not going to spoil the ending because it's a really clever ending. No Gizmo Duck, no Bubba. It's just Scrooge dealing with the Beagle Boys. And it's a really good episode. So the yeah. Bride War Stripes stand, and any listeners who are not too familiar with the old DuckTales, watch that one. That's a great Mob Eagle episode and a tour de force for June Foray. Um, Maybe we'll have to review that one someday. I don't see why we can't just jump on a few DuckTales episodes. No, listeners, we're not going to do the whole show. I can't, <laughs> I can't. Someone asked on YouTube. I can't do another show like completely all the way through. But if we hit choice DuckTales episodes, that would be okay by me. I'm not yeah. doing all of them. That would be totally insane. Yeah. Because um, I can't do 100 episodes of DuckTales. 91 of Darkwing was a lot. Um, but yeah, so we that's something that's something we could do. Anyway, that ends the Billionaire Beagle Boys Club. Um, next week, we should have a special guest host. Um, I'm still not going to say who it is in case it doesn't happen. Yeah. Knock on wood, it does. Um, but until then, we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. Uh, you can find us on all podcast apps and YouTube. Stan, any shout-outs or um, plugs? Uh, I'll plug my two YouTube channels once again. Uh, I do not have any shout-outs, though. Okay. I don't have any shout-outs or plugs. I mean, if you guys are more familiar with Darkwing and you really haven't seen much DuckTales, the whole series, except for two episodes, is on Disney+. Plus, and all of it is on DVD. Yeah. So it's possible to watch the whole show. They haven't ruined it by transferring it into HD yet. Let's please. I hope they don't. Um, but yeah, it's all accessible. You can see all of it. Um, gunplay, bad stereotypes, all of it. You know, it's 1987. You know, it's, it's all there. You just got to take it for what it is. Um, but yeah, I love the show. It's extremely dear to me. We'll do some closing thoughts next week on the show as a whole. But we'll do more episodes. Um, but we have to wrap up for tonight. Um, it turns out we're running kind of long, so I don't want this to go over an hour. Um, so, Stan, until next week, um, that's a wrap. 
Yeah, I've now got to get my spacesuit out because we're going into space next time. What? You mean we're going into space? I thought the story was over. What could possibly happen now? Um, anyway, so guys, until next week, uh, stay dangerous and look after your money bins. I don't want to see that thing driving in the middle of my town. Stay dangerous, everyone. Bye, guys.